the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Starting off hot, starting off hot because I talked about him yesterday, Steve Maxwell and some folks that are actually in the fight, making a difference, getting involved. Uh, well, I've got Steve Maxwell here at the beginning of the program. So don't forget, be reminded, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You actually can listen to the segment I talked about, Steve, last night. The standalone links to all the program segments are over there at ProAmericaReport.com. And you can also sign up, as always, there. Just give your email address and you'll be on the daily email. You get an email at 7 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time, 5 a.m. Pacific Time, and it goes right in your inbox. What you need to know. A couple of links, couple of stories, all the facts, and especially what I think you need to know, which is what you should know. So you'll get all that. ProAmericaReport.com. All right, our first guest is a new friend of mine. <clears throat> Pardon me. Excuse me, Steve. Steve Maxwell is the chairman of a new-ish organization called County Citizens Defending Freedom, and he He's down in Polk County, Florida. Uh, for those of you that have watched TV recently, the uh, the sheriff of Polk County was on Tucker a couple days ago. A great uh, patriot talking about don't come, don't move. We all want you to move down here, but don't move down here and vote like you mo- voted up north, which was pretty funny. But Steve Maxwell has quite a story to tell about what I said, what I would describe as citizen action, citizen action. So, Steve Maxwell, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Ed, thank you so much. I'm I'm doing great, and thanks for having me on. Well, you're welcome. And tell me first, uh, actually, tell me about what the last 72 hours have been like in terms of some folks that care about the uh, about what's happening. Okay, let me let me say this. Actually, let me describe for one second. Now, citizens, c- county citizens defending freedom. I've got uh, in front of me an email I got from you. Uh, American citizens, we realize the prospect of our federal government solving the challenges we face is not reality. We believe the solution lies. In, we believe the solution lies in the hearts and actions of we the people. Goes on from there. We ask for three things: prayer, participation financial support but give me the example in the last 72 hours what you started and we'll talk more about that has had uh, it worked like it was like a like a test drive so tell us what went on we've been working on this structure now since really about mid-december uh but what happened in the last uh 48 hours um we had uh got a notification through um through some sources uh, of an email we actually got the actual email uh, from our county school board uh, that we're really promoting a a program a uh, that was go, goes against our core principles, which everything we've we've tied everything we're doing to the founding principles of our country, the Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights, and of course the Constitution. So once we saw it, and this was pretty radical, they were getting our teachers involved. Uh, they were giving uh, special blessings, if you would, for them to cert- uh, to do certain things with students. And so uh, we immediately uh, took action. We uh, reached out to our, our base that we've been building over the last few weeks uh, and said, hey, this cannot stand. We reached out to uh, literally 1030 at night because we're local. We know a lot of these people. Uh, we reached out to our I know I reached out to three of our uh, uh, county, excuse me, school board uh, members and uh uh, the lightning struck the outhouse at that time, uh, as we say in the <laughs> South. And uh, by the by, by the yeah. next morning, uh, uh, texts were flying at four 
four thirty in the morning, and um, we rallied the troops. Phone calls started coming in, um, and um, uh, uh, somewhat of a retraction was sent out. Um, and uh, the next within within twenty four hours, it was not satisfactory. So uh, as we speak right now, we've got about eight or ten thousand parents that are loading up the phone banks uh, with principals and school board members, and. Um, we have a rally scheduled for Tuesday. It was actually pre-scheduled over the mask mandate. And uh, that rally just grew, I'm sure, by a few uh, hundred people. So that's uh-huh. what's happened so far. So we're right in the thick of it. But uh, uh, candidly, it, uh, it feels good. Uh, it feels good. Yeah. To, uh, and I think our citizens uh, feel really good that, hey, we've got a system in place here. We can really react. The interesting thing is we've associated ourselves and aligned ourselves with with a legal uh, team of uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. So we've called out to them. They're right. working with us right now. We're actually digging deeper. We're going into policies and procedures inside the school board. Uh, ADF is going to help us uh, clarify some of those things and, and actually help our school board members uh, write good policy about uh, these type of issues uh, that are coming in the future. So that's where we are. We're we're in the battle. Well. Well, and so we're, and we're talking to uh, Steve Maxwell, and it's uh, what, what is termed the Polk County chapter of an organization that's building forward called County Citizens Defending Freedom. So, uh, Steve, before we go back and talk broadly about the organization, how'd you get here? When I got a call and I was going to up visit you, and I told everybody I visited you a few days ago, they said, you know, he's a very successful businessman. And then I got there, it was with General Flynn, and we realized we had a, a guy that w- used to be a successful businessman. I think your family runs a business now, but you're, you're doing this organized of people what what happened to you <laughs> what, what's going on tell well, tell us that path that's a, that's a great question it's something I really want your listeners to to, to uh, grasp but this all began back in December really and my business partner who's in Texas uh, we began really talking and, and really praying about okay this is really not good what are we going to do about it and really we took a business approach we we took the emotion out of it uh, we turned off the national news and we basically said, first of all, uh, we're going to take a business approach to this. And business, I'm an entrepreneur. First thing you find out, you listen to the squeaky wheel. What is the problem, right? You find the issue, and then you build your business around that issue, and you normally are successful if you can solve those problems. So the second thing we did is, who are we fighting? I mean, who are we really fighting here? Turn the TV off. What is this? You begin to do a little homework. You find out uh, what we're dealing with here is, it's cultural Marxism. It's been around for a long time, uh, and and what's happened over the last forty or fifty years? They've got they've infiltrated our main institutions. Uh, the big tech companies have joined in this in this march, and uh, the globalists have marched with with the internal working. So we have a we have an outside enemy, we have an inside enemy, but we truly are at war. So we had to we had to get a war mindset. This is not a game. So we set our companies aside. I got some young people in there that are taking those over, and we've got a lot going on there. But and so did my partner. And we said we've got we've got to roll up our sleeves and go to work on this issue because if we don't solve this issue, we don't even have a, a we don't have companies, we don't have families, we, we we're going to lose everything. So that was our, our priority. The next question we ask is, okay, why are are people not involved? We're, there's more of us than them. I use the <laughs> Wizard of Oz story, you know, the blowing fire and the. Right smoke and the fear and uh you know what trump did was he pulled the curtain back and we find out wait a minute it's just a little guy back here a handful of people uh and and they're trying to steal something precious to us and we're not gonna allow it to happen so but why are our people not active so 
we, we, we found out that mainly because we're busy, we're living a life. We, we've got two types of people in our country, uh, the true Americans that believe in the freedoms and believe in pursuing happiness, believe in all these constitutional liberties that we have. Then you've got another group we call the Anos, Americans in name only. They have birthright Americans, but they believe in this more of a Marxist, communist, socialist type mentality. So we had to separate those two. And then we, and that last question was, okay, how do we get our people involved? They're busy. So we come up with the Amazon activists and we said, okay, um, what, what do we need to make this thing really impactful? First of all, we need to have uh, sources that can help us do the time consuming work. And we reached out to Turning Point USA and they were happy to help us. They've got over a thousand chapters nationwide, great young people, bright minds. And they, most of this work is done online. We have sunshine laws here in Florida, everything's here. And they began doing the research. Um, we also reached out through a God thing. We've got uh, great media contacts now. We can we can get out with a phone call to fifty, you know, five hundred different media outlets. So we wanted to use that as a hammer on our side to say, okay, we found the issue. We take the issue to our board. The board says, okay, what's the direction we take? And we took Matthew eighteen. We're not here to be nasty, ugly, but we are here to be real. And we're here to be effective. So we're going to go to the source, try to get this, try to get it rectified, whatever the issue is. If they don't want to change, such as in the school board, if they don't want to change, then we're going to take the next step. The next step is we're going to go local with media. And then after that, we're going to go to 500 media outlets and get the story out there and, 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 and put the public pressure on. But on the flip side, if it's, if, if that doesn't work, we have Alliance Defending Freedom. Most of our, core values are mirrored up with their core values. So we literally are talking to ADF every day, legal advice on every issue that's coming up. And they are willing, matter of fact, they will be at this board meeting uh, on Tuesday. They are here to defend us. And our what we wanted to do is create, our citizens feel like, and I'm going on and on here, our citizens yeah. feel totally unprotected. And so we wanted to come to a local, in a local arena and say, we are here to defend you. And so all mm-hmm. we ask is pray for us. We're fighting Satan here uh, and, 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 uh, and participate. Sign up with us so we can send these alerts out. So, for example, yesterday this all happened. We put a podcast out within an hour, got our people notified. It ripped through the entire uh, base that we, that we have, and, the, and, and actions were, were, were taken. So, so basically that's it. I mean, we, we, it's a really simple concept, but we did need to link up. Interesting enough, uh, you know, Turning Point is getting a ground game going. Uh, Heritage Foundation is getting a ground, ground game going. We're talking to them. ADF's getting their ground game going. Michael Flynn and his team, your, your group, getting a ground game going. They're going through churches. They're going through this. They're going through that. So the question I had for each one of them as we began to meet these people, these national leaders, was, okay, you leave town, now what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the, that's right. It, it was circuits, right? So when you leave yeah. town, everybody's excited. They need someplace to go. And all we are is a conduit to, to take this energy, get it focused, and we've got hammers on both sides. We've got the hammer on the media side. We've got the hammer on the ADF's legal side, and we can get something done. Yeah. Uh, Steve Maxwell, I'm going to run out of time. Tell, uh, tell folks that are listening where they can go to find out more about what you're doing, either to look at what you're doing in Polk County or, or even more broadly. I just recommend how they can link up and see what's happening. Right now, our website is www.ccdfusa.com. 
That's County Citizens okay. Defending Freedom, CCDF.com. Just go to our website. It's temporary. What we're building behind the scenes coming to life here in June is going to be absolutely incredible. We're building something here. Okay. We're getting very top legal advice. Uh, we're building something that can be expanded nationwide once we get there. Great. All right. Keep us in the loop, Steve. I got to run. Uh, Steve Maxwell, thank you very yeah. much. Fascinating. Congratulations on a success begets success. As you know, you make a sale, you want to sell more, you you uh, have a success. So good luck. We'll look forward to hearing more about it. And uh, thank you for coming on. And Ed, just encourage your people. Encourage your people. All right. Yep. The American I'll, people. Are, I'll do uh, it. Coming to it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Steve Maxwell, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, great to uh, catch up again with a friend now of the show. He's been on a couple times, Patrick M. Wood. He's the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. It doesn't feel like there's anything more important right now when than whether the citizens of this nation can have free speech. We've seen the uh, silencing of big voices, Donald Trump. We've seen silencing of small voices. Just watch Twitter. Anytime you say the wrong thing about masks or say the wrong thing about the election. Well, Patrick M. Wood, founder and director of Citizens of Free Speech. It's a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting, defending First Amendment and our Constitution. He's also the editor of Tech- Tech- Technocracy News and Trends. Worldwide Journal, uh, an analyzing technology and globalization. So, uh, welcome, Patrick. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for coming on. I did. I, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit. It's lagging on, but it's perfect because you can almost see the dog that didn't bark. Um, Facebook and others were getting ready uh, to censor the Chauvin trial results if they got the wrong results. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me about what you saw. Tell me about what you were recognizing and what they were up to. Well, anything that does not fit the globalist narrative is immediately shut down. And um, meanwhile, the destruction of our country is being uh, perpetrated right before our eyeballs. Uh, That is part of the globalist plan to destroy the fabric, the social fabric of America. And so nobody's allowed to talk about it. Uh, It's interesting. I just heard today, this morning, that uh, Facebook has shut down a group on Facebook that had 120,000 members that was dedicated to discussing vaccine injury issues. And uh, they summarily just shut them down and threw them out the door. Uh, So... Where are we on this? I mean, what what are we? I mean, I I, I keep telling my listeners, um, these are just the ones you can see, right? I mean, there's a million things going on behind the scenes, yeah. right? You're exactly right. When they dumped uh, President Trump from Twitter uh, back just after January 6th, uh, there were 75,000 other people that were purged from Twitter uh, within a couple of days. This is a major purge. Nobody ever talked about that. Those are just the unsung heroes of no, you know, nowhere land. Uh, people that were right. speaking about, uh, the, you know, the, the event, et cetera, et cetera. And they just dumped them. They threw them out the door along with Trump. And I have to reiterate, I think I said this before, but Trump said a couple of years ago that they're not after him. They're after us. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. I, you know, the populist movement scares these people to death. They don't want anything to do with it. They, they, we're the only ones that have the potential to completely derail and scramble their crazy globalist plans. 
and we may well be successful in the end. I tell you, they're not going to give up without a fight, and this is all part of that. The reason they're censoring everybody in sight that just does not uh, agree with their narrative is to crush the populist movement in America. And, you know, I have to say, you've done a pretty good job. Yeah, uh, we're talking with uh, Patrick Wood right now, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. And uh, and uh, Patrick, the um, uh, by the way, it's citizensforfreespeech.org, citizensforfreespeech.org, spelled out all the way. Uh, Patrick, what's the next step? What's the next shoe to drop? I mean, I guess say it differently. Um, we've watched uh, not only did um, do, do they uh, knock off individual speakers, they knocked out Parler. I mean, Parler was totally knocked out. You know, I was involved with uh, Mike Lindell. Uh, he's launched Frank Speech, but it's been under constant attack by uh, agents no one will know who of course but you got to wonder uh and meanwhile congress is mostly just talking not doing much not and there's no real enforcement where are we i mean are we i i, I use the phrase patrick the narrative machine i say big tech plus big media mm-hmm. plus big government and we don't know what the truth is we're just told what to uh, what to believe how, how are we going to break that up what's what's coming anything Give me hope. Well, we need we need to understand who the enemy is first. And the balance of power is tipping to big tech right now. I think the government, by and large, uh, even though they think they're still in control, I think probably they have been hamstrung by big tech at this point. They've been totally compromised. And it's big tech that really is exercising the power right now. Congress cannot and will not stand up to fight these people. This has been proven over and over again. Uh, Washington, of course, with the current administration, isn't going to stand up because they're uh, they're the useful idiots for the big tech companies. They want the censorship. They want more censorship. But I think at the end of it, big tech is going to uh, be the, the big winner. And it's not just here in America. It's all around the world. Remember, they are these are global corporations today, not just uh, American companies. And so. I think there will be another uh, shoe to drop on this before uh, before we get it done. But the states have the power, whether they know it or not or recognize it or not, states do have the power to shut down a lot of this nonsense that's happening with, with big tech censorship. And uh, some states are starting to rise up. South Dakota is one. I think Florida is another. Uh, Texas is another. Uh, Arizona's talking about it. I don't know if they've done much about it yet, but they're talking about it in the legislature. Uh, so the states have immense power to shut a lot of this stuff down and to spank some of these companies really hard until it hurts. Well, okay, but so so we're talking again. We're talking with uh, Patrick M. Wood, and you, visit, you should visit his website. A lot of information there. Sign up, uh, get his email: citizensforfreespeech.org. But let me go back one more. Why aren't they doing it? You know, why aren't they doing it? Why Why are we hearing of like one state in South Dakota, you know, a couple of patriots who are fighting and mo- we have a lot of Republican controlled legislatures. Is it? I mean, I, I think I know the answer, but I mean, if you're sitting here feeling like the thing is slipping away, which is how I feel, you, you, you start to just pound on the table and say, why isn't anybody helping? Mm-hmm. You know, my my personal opinion on this, Ed, is that too many people have their hand on the till. And uh, when uh-huh. when you have your when I say you have your hand in the till, it means you're making money or you have some advantage by by either keeping quiet or cooperating with these people. Um, and so they don't uh, they don't confront them. They don't buck those issues like they should. I think this has uh, been the case in Washington D.C. for decades, if not <laughs> longer than that. Uh, but we see it in the state uh, at the state level as well, and even in the local level. Uh, as well. A lot of politicians in local level are involved in contracts and, and um, you know, kind of 
backroom deals where they're, you know, making money commercially and uh, they just don't want to ruin their little gravy train. This is a lot of it. Uh, we need Americans to stand up who are selfless enough to where they will deny themselves in order to protect our country. Um, Patrick, we're talking with Patrick Wood again. I, I want to say, I want to uh, say it, say what you said, like a, a like an American, like like I think a lot of Americans feel. We just have to drain the swamp of all of them. Everybody in both parties at this point, it, 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 even if the ones on the so-called right are not sort of in the in in the in the corruption mm-hmm. and on the benefits, they are just of the mind that well, I succeeded. You know, I, I heard I heard a, I heard a, a congressman say, well, there couldn't have been that much election fraud. I won my race. You know, it's like well, I mean, that's not exactly the standard here. You know, you're a genius because you won, and therefore you're not going to challenge what you see as a problem. Feels like that with with big tech. A lot of the guys in power still get on TV. They still get their stuff, but they and so they think, well, it can't be that bad. But we we just don't. I, American people are are in the drain the swamp mindset. Well, and you know, I, I'm just the thing thought kind of crosses with my mind that the Bible says that the love of money, money is the root of all sorts of evil. And I think really this is a, this is the bottom line for, for most of these wannabes that, um, you know, that kind of give verbalization to what's going on, but they may not really believe it. They're just flat out greedy and they don't want to spoil their own paycheck. This this attitude in America, this is not an American attitude, I have to say. It really isn't. There, there have been many periods in our history where Americans in general were more selfless than that. Uh, that they didn't put their own, uh, you know, survival and their own paycheck first. I think of all the people who went out to fight World War II, for instance, and and, in Vietnam, of course, most of those were drafted. But, um, you know, America needs to get get rid of this this lust for money and the lust, you know, the greed lust. Uh, It just it breeds all kinds of trouble. And we see it top to bottom in our country. Now, that's not the swamp. That's not those ne- people are not necessarily in the swamp. For instance, our city council in Mesa, Arizona, they're not part of the swamp, but they are they're sucking on, you know, they're eating the crumbs that fall from the table. Right. <laughs> and this is happening all over the country. These people collectively could say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to I'm not going to eat their crumbs. I'm not going to suck off their um, off their keg. I'm just going to uh, divorce myself yeah. from that and do what is right. And this right. could be done in America. I tell you, there's lots of yeah. people in America that could get off the gravy train right to do and it. do what's right yeah. and cripple them. Yep. All right, Patrick, I got to run. Patrick M. Woods, Citizens for Free Speech. Go to citizensforfreespeech.org. Thanks very much. I got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Right. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. You know, I said earlier, make the big deal the big deal. It's one of my themes. And just a couple hours ago, I was speaking with General Mike Flynn. He couldn't answer the phone when I called him. He called me back a few minutes later. said he was on the phone with some folks in Arizona because the cavalry, the Democrat cavalry, has arrived. The Democrat cavalry being all the lawyers from Perkins Coey, uh, a bunch of uh, Democrat Party lawyers, other ones, and everybody's suing and stopping and worrying 
worried about what they're going to get to when they audit the ballots in Arizona. Well, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man named John Droz. John Droz has been digging in. in the two things I like about John Droz is he's an engineer of some kind or a scientist, so he thinks like a scientist, which I don't, which is very helpful. The second thing is he, well, he thinks like a scientist, he acts like a scientist, so he's brought together all the different analyses, all the different things. He's kind of becoming a um, the center of a lot of uh, a lot of spokes of the wheel of what's happening, and he's got a, a very recent, just hours ago, a, uh, a, dr- a report uh, on what's happened with the elections, and we have him on. Welcome, John Droz. How are you, sir? Good, Ed. Thank you for having me on. So this election integrity... Here, so there's a difference between oh, an engineer and a physicist, but uh, I'm a scientist. Well, that's all, it, it, it's all science okay, to me. It's all science to me. So, so okay, that, <laughs> For me, it does. Know. So I'm... I'm on John Dross's email list, and uh, and this morning, uh, on Friday morning, about 8.40 East Coast time, I got an email, the public release of the Election Integrity Recommendations Report. Now, also in there, happily, is a, a link to a one-page summary. But tell me, John, first of all, what is this big report? Why is it important? It's taken months of getting it together. Walk us through what this is. Okay, uh, the brief story is that uh, several months ago, I was asked to put together a team of uh, independent experts to do analysis of uh, elect- 2020 election uh, data. So I agreed to do that and got together uh, six people to start with. They were all PhDs, uh, mostly in the field of statistics, things like that. Also not engineers. And uh, we... Uh, started working on uh, reports of data they gave us. So we uh, did eight reports up until today. For instance, we did one on the state of Pennsylvania, one on the state of Michigan. One report we did was an analysis of every single lawsuit that has been involved here regarding uh, the 2020 election to prove that the mainstream media story is totally false. Blah, blah, blah. So these all been very uh, popular. Uh, we've been... Uh, people like, uh, you know, Sidney Powell, as an example, have uh, praised us here publicly quite a few times. And uh, we're <laughs> no one else is doing reports like we're doing. I can tell you. And this is all for free, all by volunteers. So today we released a report that's almost 30 pages, but we have a one page summary uh, of what uh, what our recommendations are going forward after we've been so heavily immersed in the details here for several months. And uh, there, uh, our, our 30 recommendations are uh, uh, a more comprehensive list than anyone has ever put together by far. Uh, we also put to uh, put uh, some focus on having it be a, a collaborative. In other words, it's easy to come up with 30 uh, proposals that uh, would be completely unacceptable to our opponents. We were trying to make some uh, middle of the ground proposals here because we've we've got to come to some resolution here. Uh, even though a lot of these people on the left are uh, pride themselves on being unreasonable, we we have to take the, the the reasonable approach. So we didn't we didn't just have extremist things. So, for instance, one of the things is we're proposing a universal automatic registration. It's explained in the document. But that, that, the whole idea of that is that's going to undermine their argument to say we're trying to restrict voting. So they can't right. say we're restricting voting if we have universal automatic registration. Hello? And right. uh, even right. though they may keep saying BS, uh, the public will see that what we're proposing here is revolutionary. This is a game changer. 
So right. glad to send it to anybody uh, who would like uh, to see it. You can have them just send it to my, ask to my email, aaprjohn at northnet.org. And I'd be glad to send it. Okay. Now, uh, we're talking with John Dros, and he mentioned he's a physicist. He's put together all these uh, reports. He's kind of, you know, again, I would say one of the most valuable things is you're you're sort of not a, you're not a partisan. I mean, you have an opinion, but you're you're saying bring it all in. So here's one question I want to ask you. Appendix A of the report, has which is opinion, the thing. So we can't. We can't right, exactly. That's, right. But I'm, right I'm that's right. You don't bring Right. Uh, but yes. But and so Appendix A of this large report, a sample of pre 2020 election reports. Now, th- I knew this because uh, a man named Adam Angievsky of open this uh, open the books dot com, a kind of a, a transparency advocate, had had realized that there was this 2017 Wharton School of Business uh, uh, did an analysis. And and and, and I'm, I'm seeing it on your list. Um there was all these studies. I mean, we're talking dozens. You listed a couple dozen yeah. here. Basically saying before 2016 and after, soon after, just before 2020, I guess, you go back from 2020 back to the early 2000s and, to, and one one of them, the U-side is in 88, uh, saying there's a problem with computerized voting. There's a problem with these machines. There's a problem with this process. The system doesn't work. I mean, when you go through this until the <laughs> November 3rd, midnight, when everybody started swearing that the systems are perfect, Nobody thought they were perfect, right? Well, I don't know about nobody. Uh, the matter is that nobody in the know. See, this is sort of a specialized area that uh, most of the people who are working on this uh, were academics and uh, didn't get much publicity, and the press certainly didn't say too much. So this is trying to dispel another uh, myth put out by the left-wing press, and that is that uh, there isn't any problem here. Uh, everything's fine, and so just move on. And whatever complaints there are, just sore loser complaints by people in 2020. Uh, these dozens of uh, reports prior to 2020's election prove that our system is flawed from many perspectives. So. Uh, us, us complaining about it has nothing to do with the results of the 2020 election. In fact, if the results of the 2020 election uh, proved to be uh, honest and fair and accurate, it would be startling considering the uh, collection of reports here that say the whole system is uh, completely um, in, ba- in a bad way. Uh, I see on your recommendations, again, we're talking with John Rose. one of them, Election Day would be a national holiday. That's one I've actually said that would be a good trade-off if it drove the attention to it. How about, um, I didn't, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm flipping through them. I looked at this, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, so I'm a little less fresh. Sorry, but um, what, why, John, what about the, I had a friend that doesn't really know elections, you know, he just knows being an American, and he said, every time I see them stop counting, I think to myself, he's a lawyer, he'd been a criminal defense lawyer, he said, I keep thinking, they're trying to figure out how many votes they need. He said, it's intuitive. Is there anybody who will say, don't release any results until you can release them all? I mean, almost, uh, sorry, let me say it better. Not just even release them. Don't allow anybody to see the vote tallies at all until they're totally released. You know, keep it totally confidential until you get a final uh, tally. Well, we don't have something specific like that. Uh, We had to pick and choose as to what things are meaningful. But what we do have is quite a few other checks and balances. So, for instance, we have uh, put in there much stronger provisions for oversight. So if they adhere to our oversight provisions here, then these other things will probably likely go away. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the um, the other one is, um, I see it in here, every state is uh, required to annually update their election rolls. One of the uh, problems you hear from people when you look at this, I'm sure you see it, is that there's just lots of, um, the, the maintenance issue is so inconsistent, it looks like it's a place where they sort of hide the ball or hide the voters. They let people mm-hmm. stay on the voter rolls or get on the voter rolls. Um, you know, if they if they a- annually or, you know, or even more frequently updated them somehow, it make a difference. I think there are some federal laws that make it so they can't do that. All right, uh, John Dros, uh, tell me, who doesn't want to fix this? I mean, I know the far left or the people that one don't want to fix it, but amongst, you know, regular people, you know, the, the, the Rasmussen had a poll and they said, um, you know, there's uh, 51% of all Americans think that there was cheating in the last election that may have impacted the election. I, you would think it would be popular to fix this. I don't see either party fixing it. Well, there's, this is a, a good question here, Ed, because it leads to some other things here. No, number one reason that most people aren't going to jump up and say, let's fix it unless they understand what the problems are. And that's why we went to the trouble of putting Appendix A to say, hey, if you really want to study what the problems are, then read these reports by scientific uh, academic people. But right now, those, those reports, this is the first time anyone, to my knowledge, has ever put together a collection of those reports, any place, ever. So, hmm. right off the bat here, the pe- people are uh, laboring under the false idea that everything is, is okay because of this is what the press is saying. So, if they believe that, obviously they're not going to say, well, this is really worth uh, changing. So, that's part of our message here. Everything is not okay, but it was not okay a long time before 2020. Second problem is, yeah, well, is that conservative yeah, groups here have not have not worked together particularly well as far as having a unified plan of action, having a unified messaging, stuff like that. So right off the bat, this has happened in other areas, whether it's climate change or whatever. That's the same problem. They're all doing their own thing, and I see the same type of thing happening here. Uh, there's like uh, 10 different groups here. Uh, conservative organizations that are involved with election integrity, but they aren't working together. Sure, they have a phone call. Yes, occasionally they have a Zoom meeting. But as far as having come up with a unified plan of action, zero. As far as them having come up yeah. with a unified intelligent messaging, not. It's. I, I'm pretty much in this, and I'm not aware of either thing. Let's put it that way. Hmm. That's so you at the very yeah we well and we're uh, out of time but that's the that is the that's right there that's the problem I that last those last thirty seconds that's it uh, John I got to run I appreciate you. we'll have you back on again John Dros that's a very important report I'll put it up on social media thanks for the time John thank you very much Ed Bye. all right we'll take a break everybody we'll be right back Ed Martin here in a Pro America report back in a moment this is the Phyllis Schlafly report a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The gold standard for election integrity is in-person voting. It's no wonder we've used nearly exclusively in-person voting for more than 200 years. This ensures a secret ballot while simultaneously allowing for robust poll monitoring so both parties can verify who's allowed in to cast a ballot. Another important element of in-person voting is that it all but eliminates ballot harvesting which is when political partisans collect unverified ballots from union shops and nursing homes without supervision. Ballot harvesting has a reputation for producing ballots that have either been coerced or are fraudulent altogether. Justice Clarence Thomas used a persuasive opinion to call out the Supreme Court's refusal to hear a challenge to the improper counting of mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. He cited liberal sources to explain how mail-in voting is inherently vulnerable to fraud. Quoting the New York Times, Justice Thomas observed that 
the risk of fraud is vastly more prevalent for mail-in ballots. Quoting Dean Heather Gerken of the Yale Law School, Justice Thomas explained that virtually all the evidence of stolen elections involves absentee ballots and the like. Justice Thomas pointed out that way back in 2012, the New York Times Supreme Court reporter declared that voting by mail is now common enough and problematic enough that election experts say there have been multiple elections in which no one can say with confidence which candidate was the deserved winner. These prophetic words from a reliably liberal source certainly rang true in 2020. To close this open invitation to fraud, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has called for his legislature to limit mail-in voting. Florida is likely to gain two more presidential electors due to the recent census, so it will be even more important in the next presidential election than the last. President Trump had to spend precious time campaigning in Florida in the crucial final weeks of the last election. If Florida adopts election integrity, then Trump could safely count on carrying the state next time, freeing up time to campaign in other battleground states. As Justice Thomas so eloquently made clear, election integrity matters. Stopping mail-in voting should be a top priority for state legislators everywhere. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on Pro America Board. Got some exciting news. So excited. Such groundbreaking news. Zed Martin here on the Pro America Report. My, well, my life has been validated. My insights have been um, um, confirmed, and once again, I've been proven right, but in the best possible way. And uh, so here it is. Uh, you have to look closely at the Daily Mail, and you will see this incredibly exciting article. And here's the news. I've been doing this for years. I believe in it. I believe that Satan invented breakfast, and now nutritionists are agreeing. They say it is very, very good for you, very good to never eat breakfast, never eat cereal for sure, but skip the meal altogether, they encourage. Now, this is, I've agreed with you, there's just no good reason for breakfast. There's only hate and heavy cereals and breads. I mean, a piece of bacon, perhaps, but, you know, maybe not even cheese. No, nothing, nothing. No. So nutritionists agree. Now, here's where it gets dicey. They also say you shouldn't drink coffee. Um, I no longer like this show. Sorry, Ed, I have to chime in (laughs) Exactly. That's right. There you go. There's no, I knew it would finally get there. It's over. That part of it's wrong. But up till now, I would say you eat breakfast, though, don't you? I think you eat breakfast. You're you're a breakfast guy. I actually just got done with a breakfast burrito. So, yes, I'm a huge breakfast guy. Well, no, wait, but it's not, as we're talking, it's not breakfast time. Do you, no, when you wake I, up at seven in there, the morning. But those are actually the type of things I do like to eat for breakfast. It's actually my favorite meal of the day. So this is all bad news for me. Oh, this is Coffee, terrible. breakfast, so the, I don't know what to do. Com- communism, communists, uh, Stalin and, and Tito were big breakfast guys. Green New wait, Deal, no, leave my second. hamburgers alone, please. 
Wait a second. Let me ask you this. Now, I'm being very serious because the nutritionists in the Daily Mail have said uh, it's bad for you. But when you wake up, let's say on a normal day, not you know, you're okay. waking up at seven thirty in the morning on on Sunday. You're going to go to church at eleven, hopefully, and you get up and you say, "Oh, good." You'll eat breakfast then. Will you eat breakfast then? Normally, so if I'm rising about seven thirty, which actually on the weekends is about accurate, so I get up at about seven thirty. I don't eat right away because I think your body's got to have time to wake up, and I'm not a morning person anyway. Jump in the shower. By the time I eat, it's probably about nine o'clock, so my body is you know ready to go, and it can vary from one of those breakfast burritos that I love so much, or you're taking my cereal away from me too. I'm a big Cheerios guy, and uh, and some oh fruit. My gosh. Wow, it'll kill you. I'm worried about you now. That's terrible. Well, the nutritionist side with me, nothing. Eat nothing. Actually, they don't really. They say you should have something, but I disagree. Even if I eat nothing, my coffee is going nowhere. I cherry picked that. Yeah, that's a tough break because there has been studies in the last few months that show clearly, definitively, that coffee is good for you. But the argument the nutritionists say is, well, it's kind of like what you just said. Don't hit it first thing. Let yourself wake up a little bit, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. And um, I can't do that. I, I get up and hit the coffee machine, turn it on. But I, get, I guess it takes 10 minutes for it to run. Well, thank God, because with what you going. do in work and what I do in work, coffee is almost an essential part of life. It really, I think that's true. I think it is true. But I, that's, again, that's my point for our listeners. The message here, be clear. Coffee is good for you. There's a lot of studies on that. Maybe they're saying don't drink it first thing in the morning, but I don't believe that. But listen, breakfast is satanic. Take it to the back. <laughs> uh, you just have to you have to shift off of that. All right. We're out of time. Speaking of Satan, killing time. Everybody have a great weekend this weekend. Go to church so you keep Satan out of your life and bring the Lord in. And thank you, Noah, as always, our technical director, keeping everything going and keeping the coffee hot. And also, of course, Joanna for booking our great guests. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com to follow all of our great guests and our, our segments and also sign up for the daily email. And we'll be back next week. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.